Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome everyone. This is Louise Crooks, your Keys to Clarity coach and host of Keys to Clarity Radio. So I just want to welcome all the listeners, healers, coaches, authors, transformation catalysts and spiritual seekers. Um, I am the holistic business coach and visibility strategist for folks in the healing and well-being professions, as well as speaker, author, and of course, radio show host. And I and KTC Radio are all about helping you get the word out about what you do and sharing how you can attract your ideal clients into your community. You can get you get to do it authentically while being prosperous and making a difference. I believe in spiritual alignment with all that you do. In living this way, we can live the lives we truly desire. I love online visibility as a way to help solopreneurs build their businesses. And I spell solopreneurs with an S-O-U-L um, because we, I believe so many of us are passion and purpose-driven which is one of the reasons why Keys to Clarity Radio was born at the beginning of 2008. We're here to support soul-driven business owners to success through spiritual, emotional, personal, and business growth. I truly believe that we, that it's the holistic approach that wins. And so through the expertise of the most amazing guests and leading-edge discussions, we get to do that. Feel free to browse the archives to find recordings of shows with guests the likes of Marsha Weeder, Ali Brown, Michael Port, Mary Allen, Michael Lozier, just to name a few. And of course, we'll be adding to that list today with um, our wonderful guest, Brian Wheaton. So um, make sure to check that out. And be sure to get updates about what's coming up on the show as well as um, increasing ways to or rather, as well as ways to increase your visibility and grow your community, you can visit keystoclarity.com. That's keystoclarity.com. Before we jump in, just a couple of important details. Feel free to tweet while listening to the show or post on Facebook. Use the hashtag KTCRadio so we can track the conversation. And use the link budurl.com. That's budurl.com forward slash make it a hell yes. And I will be opening the chat room as well, so feel free to ask questions during the show as well. So um, let's see if our guest has come onto the line. Um, Let's have a look. Okay, great. Hi, Brian. Hello. Hello, hello. I'm so glad that you're here with us. (laughs) (laughs) Glad you made it. (laughs) Sorry about that. That's perfectly okay. Sometimes, uh, you know, we think we've got more time than we have, so I'm just glad that you're here with us. So let me just introduce the the show um, itself, Brian, and then we can dive in. I'd love to introduce you as well um so for those who are listening and it's really exciting to see all those people who are listening uh right now and um you know to those who will be listening after the show as well this show today is called yes yes hell no turning your biggest fears into trustworthy friends 
So are you ready to start creating the flow, momentum, and success that's been eluding you? If you've been feeling stuck or having resistance around something you truly want to bring into being, you might be surprised to find out what's been holding you back. And uh, Dr. Brian Wheaton, who I met at an event recently, revealed something huge, uh, that 99% of us have a yes, yes, hell no, holding us back from our big dream or vision. And I personally discovered that I'd been holding back on walking my talk around visibility, (laughs) which is a big thing I teach and coach my clients around. So hello. (laughs) We teach what we most need to learn, I guess. You know, that's what it comes down to, doesn't it? So, um, But, uh, yeah, that was a huge wake-up call for me. I I didn't realize. And, in fact, on in that event, the person who was running the event, a, a beautiful um, transformational book author and leader in our community, um, also had a big uh, yes, yes, hell no, which was preventing her from um, from opening up a, a big um, piece of her business. And um, Brian actually um, coached her in front of the whole room. And by the end of it, she was... Uh, ready to um, to step into that bigger part of her vision, which she'd been holding back on. So it was really, really amazing. And again, you know, I think often in this particular situation, we don't necessarily know that we're holding ourselves back. So it's going to be interesting to dive into that, Brian. Um, so um, Brian is not only a well-respected and successful executive coach, leadership consultant, and author who coaches he- leaders whose names you know from behind the scene, but he's also very connected to self-development and spir- a spiritual path that has um, led to what he is doing today. So he is tapped in, which is pretty awesome. So if you're ready to get out of your own way and start seeing the successes and results you've been striving for, then today's call and interview is going to be um, right up your alley. Um, Brian recently authored the book based on this premise called Yes, Yes, Hell No, a little book for making big decisions. And um, um, I know Brian is excited to um, share um, a little gift with everyone, which we'll mention a couple of times during the show Um getting the first five chapters of that book. So I really encourage you to do that. It's such a fabulous book, um, and I think everyone should have it on his desk. So he's not only going to help us shine a light in our fears and transform them, but he's going to show us a tool on how to make important decisions in life and getting most, getting more of what you want uh, most of in life. So I can't wait to, to dive into this juicy conversation. And um, what I want to do is just tell you a little bit about Brian's background before I say hello and introduce him, um, just so that you know what he, his, his journey has been. So by the age of 30, Brian had earned a Berkeley PhD in computer science, hence the Dr. Brian Wheaton, <laughs> raised uh, $20 million for two Silicon Valley startups, um, become an internationally known academic and speaker, been part of a $400 million IPO, repeatedly made and lost millions, and burnt out twice. <clears throat> I hear you. After <laughs> emotional crisis, <laughs> it's like I think it's a common plight. burn out by the age of 40 if they're lucky, but no. Yeah, exactly. I, I... <laughs> you, you, you did the double whammy. <laughs> You need to learn that lesson twice, I guess. <laughs> uh, it was particularly stubborn. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. So after this emotional crisis, um, Brian left his career for six years of full-time personal growth work, including a master's in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica. It's amazing how life takes us down these paths. And uh, today, Brian serves as an author, executive coach, leadership consultant, and keynote speaker. He helps leaders turn soft skills into hard results and supports them in developing companies that make both make money and make a difference. Here, here on that one, he is considered one of the most uh, one of the foremost experts in the fields of conscious business and authentic leadership. And he writes a regular column for the Huffington Post. And again, as I mentioned earlier, is the author of Yes, Yes, Hell No, the little book for making big decisions. So welcome, 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 Brian. It's awesome to have Glad you here to with us. Glad to be here. I mean, hearing my bio uh, makes me remember of just like how many brick walls it feels like I've banged into over my life. I, I joke that <laughs> if if there's a cartoon drawn of my life, uh, it would it would be a, a, shape, a set of like brick walls with Brian-shaped imprints through them. Uh, particularly in my 20s. So, um. I love that image. That that really, really um, says it all, um, Brian. And I'm sure that uh, many of us feel that, you know, especially with the big achievements that we've we've created along the way. You know, you know that um, chances are that you had to go through quite a lot to get to that place of of making of having that achievement. So, um, you know, it's. Uh, I, I I think you should have that um, that. Uh, cartoon in your next book um yes Brian, that, that, would, <laughs> that would be perfect or or for your front cover or something i think that would be awesome <laughs> well thank you so, so much for inviting me to be here today oh it's a it's a pleasure after seeing you in action brian i could not not have you you know come and you know after experiencing that exercise myself at uh the transformational author experience um, in Baltimore last year. I was I was blown away, and um, you know I knew that your book was 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 coming out, and I was like I have to um, interview mm. Brian on his book. This is this is a must because people need to hear about this. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. You know I I coach so many of my clients and um, you know who are in transformational businesses and. You know, so many of them have these kind of blocks. And, um, you know, so as I say, I think this book needs to be on everyone's desk. And um, I'm excited for you to share some of the information that um, is included in the book and, you know, how people can, you know, have tools to help them shift through this stuff. Because, you know, I think what holds us back from success and achievement is um is really truly just ourselves you know it's it's you know we we can have all the resources at our fingertips but um you know the the one thing that holds us back most of the time really is us would you agree on that brian <laughs> absolutely and and particularly for people who are purpose driven entrepreneurs or executives mm-hmm. that you're we're yeah. doing work that has a has a purpose behind it there's like this archetypal issue that I see over and over and over again, including inside myself, where there's there's something strange that happens when we go from being the student to the teacher. And we say, okay, yeah. I'm going to be of service now. And all of a sudden, this crazy, insane voice inside our head says, oh, well, if I'm meant to be doing this work, I shouldn't be afraid. I shouldn't have conflicts. I shouldn't have mm-hmm. challenges. I should be the expert. I should have the answers. I should have peace and grace and nirvana. 
um, <laughs> as opposed to understanding that the path forward, what I call the path of authentic leadership or transformational leadership or deep service, is marked over and over and over again by these yes, yes, hell notes. Mm. It's really great that you say that because I think it is it is a huge thing for us um, soul and purposepreneurs. Um, would you say also part of that, Brian, is um, that we tend to be more attached, you know, personally attached to the outcome in our businesses? Oh, certainly, that we care so deeply. Mm. Um, and if you're really on purpose, the amount of inspiration, the amount of purpose coming through, it it's just like um, often it feels overwhelming. Like I, yeah. I often talk to people who feel like, you know, as you start to really open up to your purpose, um, it can be easy to confuse um, God's purpose or spirit's purpose with our personal purpose. Mm-hmm. And so it just feels overwhelming. It's like, oh, I've got to help everybody. Well, well yeah. no. But but yeah. just that desire to help that comes through, then it just makes the stakes so much higher somehow. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of a lot of sense. Um, I I just know from my own experience, you know that um, you know I end up having what you call a lot of um, yes yes hell no's, you know, because of the attachment that I have, um, and um, you know the attachment to the big vision that I have. And, um, you know, not wanting to let that go, but, you know, having those things that come up that get in the way. So it, I can really relate to this. Um, yeah, I mean, one of, the, one of the core beliefs is the more that we really care about a goal, the more yeah. that we're attached to it, but not even just attached because that, that can have sort of negative connotations. Yeah. The more that we just care about something, that we're on purpose with something, that we're inspired about something, um, mm-hmm. the more challenging it can be to truly own that goal and walk that path. Yeah. It's a lot easier to yeah. settle for safe, wimpy, sort of sort of fulfilling, but really boring goals than yeah. to really have the courage to go for what you want and what you're here to do. Yeah, absolutely. We're not really stretching ourselves, are we, when we have those kind of goals? And we do have the potential to, to step into those. Yeah, yeah, and even like you know, big-name leaders in our field who do transformational work for a living, I find this pattern over and over again where, where myself included, we mm-hmm. uh, keep keep taking on goals that are still somehow a lot smaller, not from a success or ego perspective, but just from an alignment and, and what we're really here to do perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Th- that it just, it's, it's amazing how often we'll, we'll sneakily take a left turn or settle for mm. something smaller because there's this voice that, inside that says, well, who am I to really do that work? Who yeah, am I to and really I guess, live my greatness? Yeah, and I guess that sneaky, that sneaky little left turn is often not a conscious um, uh, left turn as well. <laughs> exactly. Right, so. Yeah, it's so important for us to have that sounding board or someone in our corner that can really hold up the mirror and, and um, be in our corner around the stuff. So, yeah, well, that's something really you do, interesting. Right? You really hold for these people to help them find their bigger truth. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, and and of course, you do too, Brian. Particularly with this work that you're doing, it's it's incredible. So, um, yeah, it's it's really important, I think, because we we just don't see this stuff for ourselves, which. Uh, which we really want to see so that we can keep stretching into into our vision. You know, the vision that we often have in these kinds of businesses tend to be um, <clears throat> big um, because we want to make such a difference to people's lives and do that in, in the biggest way that we possibly can. And, you know, that can scare the bejesus out of us too. <laughs> 
and that's yeah. that's good. Like I it just, is. Let me just give an example because it is present. Mm. I just got off the, just to make this this whole yes yes hell no thing real, and I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna talk about yeah. it and unpack it a little bit. But but just a story to start to give people some idea what we're talking about. So I'm in an enrollment conversation with a fairly high end conscious entrepreneur. Um, we just got off the phone with him yesterday, and at this point, I do fairly high level work. We're we're not to brag about me, but just to talk about like the size mm-hmm. of the conversation we're in. Um, this is going to be a thirty to sixty thousand dollar engagement, probably. Mm-hmm. And, and and so we've got some pretty big goals at stake. And yeah. in our first call, we helped him find his yes, yes, hell no, the piece of his mm-hmm. calling that he had, he had taken a left turn on and had denied for twenty years. And he'd done all these other amazing successes, but he wasn't really doing the work that he knew he was most meant to do. And wow. and he opened up to it. On the second mm-hmm. phone call, he he started the call off with, wow, I really found that yes, yes, hell no thing. In fact, I almost canceled the call with you because all hell broke loose this week. Like, I teach this stuff. I'm really good at this stuff. And I just had, like, the first full-on uh, anxiety attack and then fit of uncontrollable rage I've had in 20 years. Wow. Talk about and resistance. I'm, talk about resistance. And I'm like, yeah, all right, we're on course, hallelujah. And I'm in awe because he's managed to go through, he's managed to find the SSL no, and then managed to work through enough of it that he could come back on the call. Because most people wow. would run screaming in the night at the point. But because yeah. we talked about it already, he knew what was coming. He was able to, to bring back to the call. We were able to open up, okay, what's that really about? We started to look at it, and, and things like you know, the rage he was sharing was about um, the fact that, that the piece of him was so pissed off he'd been denying this piece of his purpose for 20 years. Wow. Wow. He woke up. He woke That's up, what it and, like. and so he, he found up. the place where, where, as a very advanced practitioner and teacher of this work, he'd been mm-hmm. sabotaging himself and playing small because he hadn't been ready to own that particular yes, yes, hell no. Mm, wow. It just shows how important this work is that you're doing, Brian, you know, because um, if people are stepping into, you know, the stuff that they truly want to be doing, you know, at, at ultimately – you know the the difference that you're making in the world and they're making in the world is is that much bigger. So I, it's, it's just incredible, incredible the potential that can come through this. Wow, what a great story! Thank you. So, and so there's this key point here. We probably should actually mm. explain to people what a yes, yes, hell no is. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. That'd be great. <laughs> Which is this. It's this this discovery that I stumbled into. I don't I don't consider it something I've created. It's it's more like a an explorer who bumped into something and mm-hmm. looking back at all of the the successes and failures of my path and of my co- the clients that I've coached. This this realization that um, the best possible on-course feedback, the best way of knowing that you're on purpose, the best way of knowing that you're walking your soul's path, you're doing what you're here to do, that you're, you're growing in consciousness, all of these things, is when the voice of intuition, your heart and soul, lights up around a choice or a goal or an opportunity. Mm. There's this sense of calling and inspiration. It's, it's not a mental thing. It's, a, it's you take action towards a choice, and it literally lights you up inside somewhere. Mm. Okay? And mm-hmm. then there's, um, and, and, it, and you, know, you probably feel this, like when you're talking to people, sometimes people bring goals to the table that are just bullshit. And they're yeah. just like, I don't buy them for a second. They make sense logically, but there's no juice to them. There's no inspiration coming through them. Yeah. Right. As opposed to some goals are like, oh wow, that's got energy. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's that yes. first big yep. yes and passion and purpose and inspiration. Then the voice of reason checks it out, grounds it to make sure it's not insane. Not necessarily that it's safe and controlled and, and logical and linear, but okay, it's not a physical cliff I'm jumping off of. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. And then mm-hmm. the voice of, of fear says, hell no, run away. And it's like a compass heading. That if, if you know a compass heading, or like the, the, the little needle in a compass, there's both mm-hmm. a north pole and a south pole to the compass uh, needle. And yeah. the north pole, the spiritual north pole, is our voice of intuition calling us forward. Mm. And the south pole, which is equally accurate, is the voice of fear saying run away. Right. And, and it's this great discovery that in the, the absence of a real and present danger, the voice of fear is an almost perfect indicator of which way to go as long as you go the opposite way. If the voice <laughs> of fear says go south, go north. And if the voice of intuition says go north, then you're on purpose. But almost everybody in our industry, I find, has this story that we create that if I'm really on purpose, I shouldn't feel scared, I shouldn't feel afraid, I shouldn't have these conflicts inside. Yeah. When that's the opposite of the truth. Yeah, it's actually you're, you're, you're being called to something so much greater, and so it's going to trigger all those fears and, and stuff. Um, that can yep. come up around this, I'm, I'm guessing, Brian, whereas, you know, if you're not as attached to something, you know, it's someone else's, it's uh, it's kind of easier in some senses to, to be in action around that because, you know, the attachment isn't so great, the, the meaning of it isn't so great. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow. Much easier to go for something that doesn't really inspire you. Yeah. Because then yeah. it doesn't really scare you. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's really interesting. This is, this is um, I, you know, I, everyone listening to this call, heads up because this is us. <laughs> you know, we uh, we need to be paying attention all the time. And in fact, you know, normally what I will say to my clients, Brian, is that you know, the journey that we're on is one of the biggest spiritual and personal development kick butting journeys that we could yep. possibly choose to go on because of all the stuff that comes up. You know. Um, so this conversation is just so important, so important. I'm so glad we're having it. So tell, I, tell I me to, about... I used to try to, I was just saying, just mm-hmm. on that point, I used to try to convince people they should do their soul's work. Now I put warning signs up. Like, danger, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> this is what's coming. You, you know what's ahead. Right. Do, you, do you really want to take the red pill? That blue pill might be a lot more comfortable. <laughs> I'm sure people actually um, are even more attracted to it when you do that, right? It's like, well, yes, I think I will. <laughs> so, so tell us more about um, you know your inspiration to to write this book. Um, I, we'd love to hear you know what brought you to this point of saying, sure. okay, well, I need to write uh, this book. Well, it was actually born over dinner. I, I had the opportunity to sit down with Jack Canfield for dinner. Jack Jack Canfield's one of my mm-hmm. idols and heroes. And um, I'm part of a, a group of transformational leaders. I sat down at dinner with him three, four years ago, and I listened. I was eager student. I listened and listened and listened and asked questions, and, and it was fascinated to learn from him. And at the end, I said, can I just offer one thing I've been playing with to get your feedback on it? And I talked about how my observation has been that in the transformational industry, as coaches, counselors, healers, transformational leaders, mm-hmm. there's this bizarre pattern where it's often seemed like the more value people had to offer, the more purpose-driven they were, the more conscious we were, the more we care about our work, the more attached we are in your mm-hmm. language, 
the harder it is to make money and the harder it is to get clients, mm. which, which would seem to make no sense. You know, mm-hmm. if you build a better, yeah. better mousetrap, people will the world will be the path to your doors. Traditional business, yeah. Yeah. right? And and I said, and I've noticed that it seems like the core problem is that people are scared to change. So that the more value you have to offer, the more you're going to experience a yes, yes, hell no. Mm-hmm. And, and so as a result, what we see in the industry is either the hard salespeople who use really aggressive marketing and selling to, to hypnotize and, and force people through their fears, mm-hmm. or we get what I call give, 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 give up. Really good-hearted yeah. people who give and give and give but never build a business. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's it. That, you've just diagnosed the entire industry. You should talk about that. Do, go, run with that. You know, and in fact, mm-hmm. he actually asked me, he's like, that's so brilliant. Would you come coach my organization and me? Because we have exactly the same problem. And wow. I promptly melted down in a puddle of unworthiness. <laughs> I could not imagine. Yes, yes, how <laughs> And it was so big, it overwhelmed me. I didn't follow up yeah. on that because I couldn't imagine wow. me coaching Jack Danfield at that point. So it was so wow. big, I just like, I can't. I'm just, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm stupid. I could, blah, blah. Right? I, I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Right? But I wow. stayed in the conversation, I've stayed engaged, and that was why he was willing to write the foreword for the book, um, mm-hmm. was because it, was, it really came out of that dinner and that, that validation that, yes, this is, this is speaking to the core challenge of the transformational industry. And, and I believe yeah. we're leaving the information age behind right now. We're mm-hmm. actually leaving the information age and entering the age of transformation. Yeah. Um, which might sound all woo-woo and nice and fuzzy, but what it really mm-hmm. means is the pace of change now is so fast, so intense, that, that the number of reinventions you have to go through in a lifetime just to be happy is becoming yeah. so high that the amount yeah. of change that most people have to bite off in a lifetime is way more than we can do on our own. Yeah. And so 100 years ago, the amount of change you needed in a lifetime just wasn't that much. You could sort of do it on your own. It was okay yeah. just to, to be an amateur at change yeah. and, and mm-hmm. sort of uh, uh, um, uh, do it as a hobby. But mm-hmm. now we need to be professional masters of change. And the only way you can do that is by investing in coaching and counseling and healing and support. And, and that's why if you're in those industries, if you're a coach, counselor, healer, transformational mm-hmm. le- leader, your work is unbelievably needed at this time on yeah. the planet but there's this deep paradox that the more value you offer, the more your ideal clients will say, yes, yes, hell no. So you have to learn how to yeah. work with that in order to, to learn how to move them through those fears. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, it, it's interesting that you say that because we all really actually need to become change artists, don't we? You know, it's, it's, um, it's so imperative that we're able to cope and... Um, uh, move with with the the, the flow of, of change and not be in that resistance the whole time. So um, becoming a change artist is so important. And so all the work that we're um, these amazing people who are listening are doing, including you and I, you know, it's our it's our um, duty really to help our clients become those change artists. You know, to to really. Um, be able to be artful, you know, in in making change, and so that they can actually grasp and do what they're um, they're here to do. Um, so, yeah, wow, cool story there with Jack Canfield, Brian. Pretty awesome. Thank you. I, 
I wish the puddle of unworthiness hadn't been part of it, but it, it definitely models what I'm talking about. <laughs> totally. I, I mean, it's a perfect story just in that sense as well, you know, um, and it just shows you because sometimes these opportunities can just show up in front of us when we least expect them. And, um, you know, if we're not ready and able to say yes, you know, they they pass us by, you know, and it's um, it's a lost opportunity. So, but it all, it has all led to where you are right now, which is perfect, Brian. And we get to hear that, you, you know, what well, you're doing well, because of it. Yeah, one of the great points is is that when a yes, yes, hell no shows up, sometimes you courageously move forward on it. Sometimes you don't. Both can mm. be fine. Because, yeah. like, when I melted down in that puddle of unworthiness, I then went to my team of coaches, counselors, and healers and said, okay, I just got triggered. I just lost it. This was an overwhelming yes, yes, hell no for me. Please help. Mm-hmm. And we unpacked mm-hmm. and released and cleared and healed and, and did wave after wave of healing on my unworthiness and my insecurity mm-hmm. and all of my self-judgments so mm-hmm. that I was able to move forward on my path of leadership so that the next time I got in the conversation with Jack Canfield, I melted down less. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, and then again, to, to the point that I think the next time I see him, I'm actually going to not melt down at all. Um, we'll, we'll awesome. see. <laughs> Interestingly, I I, um, I participated in an anthology book called Stepping Stones to Success, which I actually, I, I don't know if you remember, I gave you one of those books uh, when I first met you at the at the um, uh, event that we, we met at, Brian. Yeah, I've got and, it here on my um, bookshelf. Yeah, and um, it's interesting because one of the co-authors of that book is Jack Canfield, so there's you know there's no coincidences. <laughs> I've yet to meet the guy, but um, you know I, I'm getting closer. <laughs> He's one of the best students I've ever met. It's what I really. really? I, it's why I I, um, I hold him as one of my role models so clearly is because um, every time I've been at a conference with him, he's in the front row taking notes on all the other speakers. Really? He's a devoted yeah. student. He he has done an amazing job of not letting his success go to his head. Mm. And um, in fact, you know, I think one of his biggest desires is just to have more people around him who don't melt down in unworthiness around him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know, so he I, can I, learn I, from them. Yeah, and just connect with him. Like, I'm really clear, he yeah. doesn't ever put himself above other people around him. Yeah. He doesn't hold himself as superior. He's just yeah. waiting for us to stop, you know, melting down around <laughs> yeah. him. Getting connect, getting uh, getting sucked into that celebrity uh, uh, culture yeah. kind of reaction. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's probably what makes him so great at what he does and who he is, because he has mm-hmm. this element of humility to be able to just live his life and, and, and do what he needs to do to, to grow. So, yeah, it's really, really great. So, Brian, tell us a little bit more about um, the book. And, and I, I would love to hear, you know, you, you say that it takes courage to go after what we most want. Um, you know, can you can you share a little bit about that? And we've talked a little bit about people feeling scared to change, but let's, let's talk some more about that. Yeah. So... Um, any change in our lives that either for the better or the worse scares us, right? Mm-hmm. Probably everybody on the call knows about the idea of the comfort zone. And the mm. comfort zone goes really, really deep. I mean, it's a biological need for homeostasis. It's a spiritual fear of waking up to who we are. It's Marion Williamson's, you know, our greatest fear is not our darkness, it's our light. We're, we're mm. programmed at the deepest levels. Gay, Gay Hendricks calls it our upper limits, Um, We're programmed not to go outside of a a very narrow band of consciousness, Mm -hmm. of abundance, of happiness, of success. 
and um, what's comfortable. And so to really take a stand for something that's outside of our comfort zone will bring up our deepest fears. And the farther outside our comfort zone it is, the deeper the fears of change will be. The fears of of both failing at reaching that goal, but oftentimes there's even a bigger fear of success. Like, oh my goodness, if I actually created that, how much would I have to change to, to, to do that? And it's not necessarily a rational thing. It's it's a it's an almost biological, hardwired nervous system thing, right? Yeah. So it's not that we need to understand or analyze it. The key is to slow down and what I call make friends with it, okay? Because the fundamental choice point when we encounter a yes, yes, hell no is whether we fight it, we flee from it, we feed it, or we embrace it. And the the hardwired response that almost everybody does almost all the time is either we try to overcome it, right? I need mm-hmm. to be courageous. I need to be a big, masculine, armor-wearing, sword-waving hero that's going to slay the dragon. Yeah. But, but that's, a, that's an external courage. Internal courage mm-hmm. starts with acceptance. You can, mm-hmm. What you resist persists. So fighting our fears doesn't work. Yeah. Okay? Well, uh, just the word fighting... Fight, just the word fighting in itself is is a re- repelling, whereas um, embracing is, is the you know into yourself, which it, it's exactly. kind of an interesting yeah interesting uh, um, visual there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we fight, flee, or feed, which are just fight or flight responses. So we meet fear with mm-hmm. fear, and we mm-hmm. judge it. We we particularly this story over who am I to do that? Oh, I should be doing this, but I'm not. I shouldn't have these conflicts. We find ways of making our fears wrong. Okay? Yeah. And when we do that, they get worse. Mm. So instead, the other choice is to slow down and literally make friends with our fears. Because the purpose of fear is not to stop us, it's to warn us. And it's serving us the best way it knows how. We yeah. just don't usually understand how to work with fear. We misinterpret what it's saying in terms of directional feedback. We interpret mm-hmm. what it means to have fear showing up. We think it means there's something wrong about us. And then we misinterpret, misunderstand what's the, what's the way to work with it. And when we mm. slow down, listen to it, accept it, honor it, uh, try to understand its deeper purpose, understand what it's trying to, how it's trying to help us the best way it knows how, mm-hmm. there often mm-hmm. becomes this opportunity to make friends with that fear. And it's like, oh, I've given my warnings. I've delivered the, the concerns. I've been heard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so now I can be quiet. I've done my job. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't need to be jumping up and down, shouting at you anymore. It's it's been placated and, and supported. Yep. The more we try to fight against the hell no, the bigger mm-hmm. the hell no becomes. The more we mm-hmm. embrace it, make friends with it, listen to it, the more that the yes, yes, hell no turns into a yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then that allows us to move forward very freely and joyfully and gracefully on our path. Yeah, beautiful. I know how ungraceful it can be when we when the hell no gets bigger. <laughs> yes. I mean that you you know you can it's amazing what you can create. You know even if you have like an accident and break a leg, you know that could be part of the the hell no. You know because um, it's just finding different ways to stop yourself from moving forward. You know I know that's a more physical example, but uh, it's amazing what can come up. You know or to get sick or whatever it is. You know can be part of the big. The, the hell no. Would you say that's true, Brian? Absolutely. It's, it's the, the, the anxiety, up. depression, mm-hmm. a lot of chronic illness, stress, 
Those are all, in most cases, places where, at root, we're fighting the yes, yes, hell, no, rather Mm -hmm. than embracing it and listening to it. Yeah. We meet fear with fear. It just makes it worse. Yeah. It's really interesting because I'm on my own journey at the moment uh, with um, trying to overcome uh, chronic migraine. And, um, you know, it's come up a number of times for me along my own spiritual and self-development journey that... You know, there's some um, hell no in there about my life from a bigger picture perspective. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's recognizing what, what's contributing to that. You know, what what is the fear underneath all of that that, you know, is, is holding me back in some way. So I'm, I'm still on that journey, but, um, you know, I have some awareness around this, which I think is always the first place to to start, isn't it, Brian? You know, to have, some, have that self-awareness, but... Um, it's a journey, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. every step, one of the things I say is the bigger the vision, the bigger the calling, the smaller the steps. Mm. Okay, the bigger the vision, then the bigger the calling, the smaller the steps. So that's the other big thing in working with the yes, it's all no, is make it smaller, one step at a time. Yeah, and that's what I do a lot with my clients as well, Brian, because some of them just get so stuck, you know, that it's just taking, what's that one small step? What's that baby step you can take that feels comfortable? Yeah, and it just moves in the right direction. Yeah. When I sat down with Jack Canfield, it was too much, mm -hmm. it was too big of a step for me to coach Jack Canfield, but it wasn't too big a step for me to start thinking about, huh, I wonder what would be an outline for this book. What are some of the ideas Mm -hmm. I could start working on? I was able to take little baby steps, one step, one step, one step. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Awesome. It's such a great example. Have you got any other uh, other examples of a um, yes, yes, hell no that we can share with the, um, the our listeners, Brian, I think it's always helpful just to get some sense of what this looks like. Um, well, we could, I mean, we could share about how pa- amazingly patient my wife was in my courtship <laughs> of her. Awesome. <laughs> so my 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 um, I, I, you know, I know that it's it, when things come easy to us, it's easy to take them for granted. Um, I'm very grateful for my wife and daughters because it it was for a long time my biggest yes, yes, hell no, um, my, both my greatest desire, my greatest fear, um, mm-hmm. due to my mom's death when I was three years old. And the, without going into all the story and the drama, mm-hmm. I, I buried all of the wound away, and and was wa- I was a walking wounded for my life, mm-hmm. most of my life, mm-hmm. with this this uh, deep, deep, deep fear of abandonment. And before my wife, my longest relationship was six months, and most of them I managed to end in three. Right, wow. and so um, mm-hmm. I was I was emotionally incapable of being in relationship, yeah. uh, committed relationship, which is why mm-hmm. I came down to Southern California, invested six years of my life doing inner healing work, was because I knew mm-hmm. that that was the only way that I could actually have what I most wanted, which was to have uh-huh. a family. And so wow. I walked away for, from a fairly ridiculously lucrative career in Silicon Valley to, mm-hmm. to, to take a stand for my biggest yes, yes, hell no. Mm-hmm. And so my wife shows up with deep divine synchronicity, and she is an extraordinary woman, an extraordinary fit for me. Um, yeah. I don't know if I believe in the notion of soulmates or not, but she's my soulmate. I mean, she's, mm-hmm. she is an extraordinary fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost sabotaged the relationship three times. I almost, I took it right to the edge of of breaking up 
In fact, we yeah. did break up a couple times, but but truly mm-hmm. ending it um, three different times at three different points of stepping up to the next level of commitment, mm-hmm. and it was it was um, the fears were so deep and so so overwhelming and so unconscious mm-hmm. because of how good the fit was. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. of what an extraordinary match she was with me, and I had the story that oh well, when the one shows up. All the heavens will open and it will be graceful and easy, and I'll just <laughs> easily and safely, with no fear, step into marriage. And the reality was that it triggered my deepest fears, and and I it took everything I had and all the support I could receive from a huge support team of coaches, mm-hmm. counselors, and healers, and therapists, and and um, getting me through these fears. Yeah. And, and the book actually tells a, a lot of that story to, to illustrate mm-hmm. all of this. Yeah. Um, and, and then once we got married, then we got pregnant. And it's like, okay, I just managed to open my heart enough to receive <laughs> Nicole's love in, and now I've got a daughter. And, like, mm. that kicks my ass, like a whole other level of fear. And then I'm, like, yeah. walking, barely standing, barely managing to make it forward with all the love in my life, and we get mm. pregnant again. Wow. And I've got two daughters. <laughs> you know, plus sleep deprivation and all of the stress that comes with young children. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. the combination of the, the, the just how good my life was getting, plus all mm-hmm. the deep-seated fears that was bringing in, um, made the last five, six years a of, of very challenging time because yeah. of how extraordinarily good my life was, how extraordinarily on purpose I was, but, but it was such a challenge to receive that much. It is amazing, isn't it? Because on the outside, it can look so amazing. And, you know, when people know you and they know that what you want and how we can sabotage ourselves, you know, from the inside um, and have so much fear around something that can feel so good. It, you know, it's it's an interesting experience and it explains a lot why people behave in what might seem to be strange ways, you know, or, or sabotage mm-hmm. what, what might seem to be a really great situation. And it's purely because there's something running in the background. Yep, and if you yeah. can, if we can reframe sabotage, because again, that has mm-hmm. such negative connotations to it, mm-hmm. from yeah. self sabotage to call it self slowing. Mm-hmm. What's really happening there? What what the positive instinct is is to mm-hmm. slow down, smaller mm-hmm. steps. Mm-hmm. So again, if we can honor that, because that's one of the the, the voice of self sabotage is usually the voice of fear. And yeah. my experience is when you go in and you listen to that particular piece of fear, one of the mm-hmm. points of wisdom you'll often hear is, well, just slow it down. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to go so fast. Let's just take baby step, baby step, baby step. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, you know, oftentimes that's a rush to go too quickly that shows up yeah. in self-sabotage. Yeah, that's interesting. Good, good reframing there, um, Brian. So I know in, in Chapter 3, oh, and by the way, um, I experienced something a little bit similar with my husband when we were dating. Um, you know, I, I, uh, we both come from families that have been, you know, rife with with um, um, a negative environment. You know, shouting, screaming, um, some violence, and um, you know, of course, that's going to affect the way that we feel about marriage and commitment and all of those things. And um, when we first started seeing each other um you know he was busy telling me how he didn't want to have a girlfriend and didn't want commitment and yet he was saying that to me in the in the nicest uh restaurant in kensington in london <laughs> 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 so i could see the yes yes hell no 
going on oh, yeah. there. And, and I'm like, he really actually does want to have something with me, and I'm going to just ignore what he's just told me because I, I don't right. believe him. <laughs> Good. Thank God you were smarter than he was. Thank God my wife was smarter than I was. When I repeatedly sat her down on the third date, I actually sat my wife down and said, um, I need you to know that you're really beautiful. I want to be really open and honest because that's me. I'm really open and honest. And, and I would really like to have sex with you, but I need you to know that you're not the one and we won't be getting married. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and my wife's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, thank goodness for us strong women. Oh, seriously. My wife is well, clearly the smart. I'm the, I'm the dim light in my family. I'm just trying to keep up. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, thankfully, you know, it took two years for me to uh, pin my husband down, you know, an event. And here's the other thing. Here's the other hell, yes, yes, hell no in our relationship. So when... When it got to the point where he was ready to, he was fully involved and embracing in our relationship, and he knew that he wanted to take the next step forward. I knew that we were. He was going to ask us. Uh, he was going to ask me to get married to him. He wanted to get engaged, and I knew that we were going to Paris for the weekend. And um, I just knew that he was going to. Uh, he was going to ask me to marry him, and I got the biggest cold feet you have ever seen. I, I, I felt so sick. I felt I, 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 I couldn't eat. I um I just I was so in fear that I actually sat my husband down the week before we went and I said, I think I, I know that I you know, I had this feeling that you're probably going to, you know, propose and and I'm not ready. And uh, you know, that just put the kibosh on the whole thing. You know, we went to we went to Paris, and in the back of my mind, I'm going, oh, it would be so nice if he did propose, you know, and I'm kind of like in the space of, you know, it would be nice if he proposed, and I'm still in that fear, but, you know, now I've just taken him down a few notches, you know. He's still licking his wounds, and um, it took him another three years to actually gather up the, the oh, courage no. to, to, to <laughs> ask me. But in the meanwhile, like a couple of months later, here's my, you know, yes, yes, and then the hell no going on. You know, I went to um, Florence for a weekend with um, a girlfriend, and I had told her, you know, what, what was going on. And I had said to my husband that, you know, I want to marry you, but I'm just, you know, I'm not ready right now. And uh, she dragged me into a wedding shop, and we bought my wedding dress, you know, three months after mm-hmm. he didn't propose. <laughs> nice. So there, there was definitely a yes in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, I was just saying, I've never thought about this, but if you think about, like, every romantic comedy movie ever made is basically yeah. the story of the yes, yes, hell no. That's true. That's so right? true. Right? I never thought of it. So they, they have their stupid thing, they sabotage, yeah. they almost destroy it, and then at the yeah. last second, a miracle happens and they actually go to a yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There might be a there might be a movie in this for you somewhere, Brian. Uh, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Well, I want to just uh, jump into the three voices that you talk about in your book, um, so that we can get uh, some clarity around how we can use them to make great decisions in our life, um, uh, Brian. And and before we do that, let's share the um, the link for the uh, five chapters that you're giving away. It's very generous of you. Um, Brian, so people can really dive into this book. So 
I've got yes, the link yes, here. Hellno.com. Yes, That's yes, hellno.com. And it's also, mm-hmm. in addition to the five chapters, you also get the full companion guide. So I did a oh, whole nice. experiential workbook that actually teaches the tools in each of the chapters. So you mm-hmm. get that for free as well. Um, That's awesome. So, yes, please go and get yesyeshellno.com. Please re- receive those gifts so you can start putting this into action. Beautiful. And um, before we jump into that three voices piece, I also want to let everyone know that I have a little something that I want to give everyone, which is, you know, I think very supportive to this conversation. You know, I believe, you know, that we do bring all of ourselves to our business, and so we need to take care of this inner peace. And, you know, I'm um, a a big uh, um, supporter of um, an organization called The Journey that does a lot of inner healing work and one of the things that I have been taught to do is a belief change process and so I'm going to give one of those away it'll be an in-person one-on-one experience with me um, to you know work through changing one of your beliefs that you know is running running the show and uh, you can um, put your name in to be in this this draw I'm announce at the end of the day um, by going to my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash keys to clarity. That's facebook.com forward slash keys to clarity. Just post the hell yes on the thread at the top of the page there. You'll see there's a, a post there that talks about this um, gift. And um, put your hell yes in the thread, and, and I will choose one of you as the lucky re- recipient of the belief change process. So. And again, just a reminder, your five chapters is the, on the yes, yes, hell no dot com, and you'll get that workbook as well. All right, so let's jump into those three voices, Brian. That would be awesome. I'd love to hear more about that. Beautiful. So um, it's fascinating because women intuitively get this. Most men don't. Um, mm-hmm. There's something about the difference in our brains that, that are being mm-hmm. wired. So women, mm-hmm. I'll explain this concept to, and they're like, oh, thank God, I'm not crazy. Men are like, huh? Uh, and you have to work with them a little bit. So um, in our culture, this idea of multiple voices is like straight jackets and rubber, you know, rubber rooms. You know, you, yeah. multiple voices, oh, you're hearing voices, oh, I, mm-hmm. you know. But um, the, the reality is we all have many different voices inside of our heads. Mm. And a key piece of self-awareness and self-development is learning how to determine which voice is which. Right. And um, the, there are many different voices, and I have a lot of training in this. It was a big piece of my healing journey, um, mm-hmm. was learning to work with all of the different dozens of voices. Um, and along the way, I found that the, probably the biggest three are the voice of fear, which comes out of, the vo- uh, out of our body. Mm-hmm. And then there's the voice of reason, which comes out of our mind, and the mm-hmm. voice of intuition, which comes out of our soul, our heart, our spirit. Mm-hmm. And so if you think of it, it's, it's, most people accept the idea that we're, there's at least three selves. There's the body, the mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, and if you realize that, okay, if we have three bodies, three selves, then each of those different pieces is going to have different voices. And so yeah, voice of intuition sense. is the voice of the soul, voice of reason, voice of the mind. Voice of fear is, is one of the loudest, usually the loudest voice coming out of the body. Mm-hmm. And so okay. when you start to realize that, because the problem is, is when the voice of fear is not heard as fear, when you don't understand the difference between the voices, then the voice of fear tries to sneak in and pretend that it's truth, that it's the mm-hmm. voice of reason. 
and we get thousands of defense mechanisms and self-sabotage and all sorts of things that all happen because the voice of fear isn't being heard as itself. So that is that part of our humanness of rationalizing? Absolutely. Anytime you're in story as opposed to truth, those stories, the bullshit stories that we tell ourselves and tell other people, mm-hmm. those always have an, an energy of fear and judgment underneath them where we're, we're using some story to keep from looking at what the real truth of the fear is. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's really great that we're highlighting this, Brian. It's important. Okay, um, and... Um, so we want to make sure that we're paying attention to, you know, which voice it, it really is, is what you're saying. Exactly. And to accept, awareness and acceptance go a yeah. really long way. So if you can be aware of the different voices, which again is the yes, yes, hell no. So the, mm-hmm. the intuition, we're looking for places where intuition says go forward. And mm-hmm. one of the big mistakes people make about intuition is thinking that it's, it, it should be a voice that they hear the way we hear the other voices, when intuition mm-hmm. usually shows up as a feeling. as an, uh, a, a, It's like yeah. a hot-cold game. When we take yeah. action towards our soul's path, towards something that would move us up in consciousness, that would make a difference in the world, that, that would um, contribute to what I call the meaning of life, which is growth, contribution, connection, and creativity. Anything that creates growth, contribution, connection, and creativity will tend to align with and resonate with our intuition. Okay? So we yeah. find that first big yes, and then that corresponding, the opposite hell no, when we can learn how to slow down and listen to the fears, honor the fears, make friends with the fears, then it actually creates freedom for the voice of reason to cleanly choose and and figure out the easiest way forward rather than the voice of reason getting trapped in all of these stories and complicated patterns that the mm-hmm. voice of fear is creating because it hasn't been listened to. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. That's um it it sounds like it it's uh it's a really important piece that we need to be paying attention to. Um to be able to, you know, sort of wade through what is real and what isn't. Yeah, beautiful. So in wrapping up the the show, Brian, it's just been amazing to have you on the this call. call. I wish we could, you know, do another hour because we have so much to talk about, really. <laughs> um, but I would love for you to just share what you feel is most important for people uh, that people need to hear about, you know, this this tool, this book. Um, you know, what you want uh, uh, folks on this this who are listening to to leave with. Well, so first off, I believe that everyone has a calling. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone is called to greatness. Not greatness in terms of superiority and being better than other people, but greatness in terms of service, in terms of making a difference, in terms of your own growth and development. You're, You're called to happiness, to joy, to abundance. We are all spiritual beings having a human experience. That voice of unworthiness inside that we all have isn't real. Yeah. Okay, it's just one of the voice the one of the many faces of fear. Yeah. But if we try to overcome the unworthiness, which is what most of my life history was about, was trying yeah. to achieve so much that I could prove to myself that I was worthy. Mm. Okay, it just doesn't work. The voice of fear yeah. just gets louder. Yeah. And so so if you learn to not pay attention so much to the fear and and from a from a like needing to listen to it as truth, Mm-hmm. But you can start to realize that, that fear is just this different way of, of holding it. Yeah. 
then that's the fast path to everything we most want in life. Right? Yes, yes, hell no is the compass heading that takes us home. It is the yeah. fastest path to our to determining and walking our soul's path, finding our purpose, waking up to who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that voice of unworthiness is an on-course indicator. If there's a piece of you that says, I'm not good enough, who am I to be doing this work? Who am I to mm-hmm. to be serving these people? Who am I, yada, 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 what's my yeah. worth? That's just the hell no telling you you're going the right way. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> And so then now the key I know is to why I've been going through some of this stuff in the last couple of years. Exactly. <laughs> so then the key is just to get enough support to work with it. Because mm. after a point, there's only so much of the, the inner integration we can do on our own. And that's one yeah. of the other biggest mistakes we make is think that I should, I should be able to resolve all these conflicts myself. When I mm-hmm. melted down in a pool of unworthiness over Jack Canfield, the first thing mm. I did was ask for help. Because yeah. I've trained myself that when I hit a big yes, yes, I'll know inside that's bigger than what I could do on my own, then I need to reach out and get support mm-hmm. in doing the inner work. And those wow. two choices, mm-hmm. one, embracing the yes, yes, I'll know and seeing that it's on course, and then mm-hmm. two, getting help in making friends with your fears, those two choices just repeated over and over and over and over and over again will take your life to places you cannot imagine in yeah. terms of how great your life can be. Yeah, so it's really, a, a, you know, it's a beautiful emphasis on, you know, making sure you're doing this inner work, um, you know, as you're trying to, you know, grow your business and, and reach these goals, you know, that the inner the inner piece is so important. And that you're getting support with the inner piece. Yeah. So you don't fall into the trap of thinking, I should be able to do the inner work myself, because yeah. it's almost always well, a lie. Yeah, and you can't see what you don't know. You know, you you mm-hmm. can't see what you can't see. So you really do need that that outside perspective. How how do people um, get to find out more about you, Brian? You know, if they're interested in learning more about you and um, you know what you do and 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 how you coach and all of those wonderful things, is there a specific sure. website you yeah. want to send them to? I've got a few other ones that people can go to. Um, sellingbygiving.com is my work for practice builders, mm-hmm. uh, for coaches, counselors, healers, and transformational leaders. Sellingbygiving.com. Um, Sellingbygiving.com. Okay. Selling that will also send people to the practicebuildingbreakthrough.com, which is the right. two-day breakthrough event where we actually teach this making friends with your fear skill as well as how to mm-hmm. coach your clients into finding their yes, yes, hell no. And if you're a coach, counselor, healer, please come to that two-day event. Um, it, we, we offer it basically at our cost um, as a way of getting this work into the world. And mm. it's uh, two of the most powerful days most people have ever experienced, they tell us. It's a, it, it's a I think pinnacle I'm coming, experience. <laughs> Perfect. I would love. July 26th is our oh, next wow. one. We would love mm-hmm. to see you there. Fabulous. That's awesome. Really great to hear that you're doing that kind of work out in the in a big way, Brian. Beautiful. So I just want to remind everyone, you know, that you can go and get the five chapters of the Yes, Yes, Hell No book um, at yesyeshellno.com. And also remember, you can go in for that prize draw um, that will be happening today if you go to my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash keys to clarity and post hell yes on the thread in that post um, that uh, shares about the the prize drawing. 
All right. Thank you so much for being here, Brian. This was a fabulous conversation. I want to encourage everyone to get hold of the book. Um, it's it, as, as you can hear, it's a it's a it's a book you really want to be having, you know, um, as a tool to support your growth and and to keep being able to refer to it. Um, so, I encourage you to go and get that. Thank you again, Brian, for being here. It was a, a great conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again in person, hopefully soon. <laughs> I look forward to that as well. Take care. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for being here and spending time with us. Have a great, great day. Bye, everyone. <laughs>